Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Between the Two Rows podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Anders, alongside my co-host and brother, Lane Anders. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Well, we're back again. Finally back. For another episode. Good to be back. Good to be back. We should have recorded this yesterday, but we we took a day off. Took a me day. Yeah, definitely a good day of rest. Sunday afternoon, didn't mm-hmm. really feel like recording the podcast. So here we are, Monday afternoon. We'll get it thrown up either tonight or tomorrow, however it works out. Yeah, so what did you do last week? Uh, It was kind of all over the place what we did last week. There really wasn't one like, hey, we're planting all week, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're just kind of all over the place. Yeah, we got um, kind of jumping ahead in our rewind, but we got a, uh, some of our corn laid by, and so there's not really a – some Strict. of the corn, it was it was we're done with corn spraying now. Right, but we I'm saying, up. yeah, I guess yeah, you're right. So um, there really wasn't like a strict mandate of how we were going to go about this coming week or this past week. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, so where we left left off was last week that a uh, tropical system was coming in. We got a, got a good bit of rain out of it uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, or maybe Monday and Tuesday. I can't remember. And uh, we have not. We needed some rain probably about right now, and we haven't gotten it yet, and it, there's not a whole lot of rain in the forecast. So. No, I think we're still probably close to a week out from uh, any rain chance, or uh, there's 10 or 20, whatever. Yeah, I guess the saving grace is we're not supposed to have crazy heat this week, but mm-hmm. I really wish we had some rain right about yeah, now. Yeah, the high tomorrow's uh 80, and I think later on in the week it, it gets up to 93, which is not good, but... Our our cornfields may turn into pineapple fields real quick. Yeah. So if you want to do us a favor, don't drop by on this week. Yeah. Um, luckily, I mean, most of our corn has bridged the gap uh, covering the ground and everything, so that'll help them retain some moisture. Won't be hurting as bad, but still won't be good on them. Right. Uh, following up that uh, tropical system we had last week, we had uh, we didn't have any pieces of equipment get stuck, but we've had some neighbors <laughs> and some friends get stuck. Yeah. Nothing new. Nothing new, obviously, yeah. but tensions get a little high when stuff like that happens. Yeah, thankfully it wasn't ours. Our tensions weren't very high, but um, <clears throat> we hopped in a uh, one of our bigger tractors and had to go pull out um, a spreader or two. And yeah, then, a good buddy of ours works for the local co-op, and uh, he gave us a call. Asked if we can pull him out, and we rode over there and did that one afternoon. Mm-hmm. So we did that one afternoon. Um, I think nearly a whole day we spent cutting some hay. We probably cut, I don't know, I mean a good a whole day's worth of baling. Uh, we try not to get too much laid down at one time just in case something freak happens and you can't get that uh, hay baled. So we left that down for a day. Um, I guess Dad and Uncle Mike bailed that uh, here recently, and then we moved in. We had some paperwork to take care of, some tax work. That took a good while. Yeah, definitely not the, definitely not my favorite part of the job. Yeah, but uh, it is, it is a change though. At least it's a good way yeah, to look, for me, reflect you know, back on the year. But going to school for economics, I mean, I don't really mind. I took some accounting classes and whatnot. I don't really mind taxes. It's not my favorite thing, but it is kind of interesting to see how much you made, where all your money went, how much freaking money you spent on food. My goodness. Yeah, you see the money coming in. And you don't necessarily see it going out, but it's just like a vacuum, it seems like. I mean, as soon as you get, you sell those crops, I mean, they somebody's got their hand out waiting for that money. Yeah, it turns into you buying like a $20 little gimmick, and then all of a sudden, three months down the line, you've lost a ton of money somewhere. But anyways, 
got that taken care of. Um, later in the week, we uh, were starting to get prepared to do some some of that burn down or not burn down some of that um, weed control we talked about to get our corn laid by. Uh, hopefully done last time spraying it. Yeah, and we uh, just this morning actually we took some calves to market mm-hmm. to uh, sell them. And the only reason we we usually sell earlier in the spring, but with the the COVID issue and everything, the markets took a big hit, and we're starting to see the markets come back a little bit, which yeah, is, just a little, which is great. It's nothing to brag about, but there is a little bit of demand for some products, which is great. Yeah, I think last week we probably saw maybe a five cent bump in uh, corn and soybean prices. I think calves have come up. Um, I don't know, 10, 20 cents, maybe. I haven't been keeping up with it as as much. Yeah. A so. lot of people don't necessarily understand exactly like the way we grow our crops. There's a lot of it that people don't see is us marketing our own mm-hmm. our own commodities, whether it be cattle or crops. We're, we're constantly watching the markets, trying to see what, what stuff is selling at locally, nationally, trying to figure out. I mean, it's a supply and demand market, but there's a yeah. there's a lot of movement in those markets. It's like stock trading, but with your uh, your mortgage on the line. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this morning we went, we took some feed over there to one of our um, cattle farms, drove around trying to look for them, scattered everywhere, of course. Yeah, it was a little later in the morning. They're usually going to be in, under some shade trees. And yeah. They're going to be real lively. So we're driving around with Dad in the truck, got some feed in the back. And, uh, well, I mean, we drove across the pasture looking for them. We found some of them drive up close to them, rattle some buckets or whatever, so they'll start following you back up to the catch pen. And uh, we had one or two cows that went a little loco on us. Yeah, they were definitely excited to see us. And I don't know if it was the smell of the feed, if they could <laughs> smell it or if they just knew what was going on, but they got a little got a little happy. Yeah, so th- there was this one cow that, that was running alongside the truck, bucking like a bucking bull. And uh, Dad, you know, Dad's slowing down, speeding up, trying to get in front of them, trying not to hit them and everything. And this one cow gets in front of him and all of a sudden bucks and kicks. Hey, like, literally like a rodeo bull or a, like a bronco, like yep. a horse. Like you, the way they lunge down and kick back really Their back hard. legs kick This up. is a full-grown cow. Like you wouldn't think she could do that, but she did. Mm-hmm. So she kicked and Dad's uh, truck was really close. And she kicked probably, I mean, a half inch uh, just to the left of his front left mirror yeah I mean, it's not mirror we headlight were, we were trying to get everything going so we were like dad's like what the heck man and then we just like like we were kind of giggling in the back yeah but then we for- forgot about it and then we walked back to the truck later and there was just like a perfect it didn't really dent the truck it just scratched no. it but like a perfect hoof going all the way up and then you could see like the dirt coming off of her hoof when she kicked pretty pretty cool but I, i've had it one time i had a calf literally run into my truck like head my old mm-hmm. truck I was driving through them. They were all laying down, just hanging out. And I was driving through there real easy. And one of them got up and just spun around and just headbutted my door. Yeah, if there is a chance y'all know anybody that has cows or whatnot, and, uh, you know, they drive an older truck, their farm truck or whatever, there's a really, really good chance that there's, like, a big old dent, either, like, the front left fender, front right fender, tailgate, something. It always gets banged up somehow. Yeah, they love they love uh, being around the truck, kicking stuff too. What well, just the other day when we were fishing, they were sniffing our truck, mm-hmm. just smearing the dust everywhere. And you, I've got a bunch of like nose prints all over my truck now from when yeah. they were sniffing it. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. Coming up, 
next weekend, um, a week from yesterday, do you know what that is by chance? Father's Day. Father's Day. So what are, what are we doing for Father's Day? Yeah, so was it two years ago when that first came out? Yeah, we yeah, had two yeah. seasons. So Dad's, probably one of his favorite shows right now is a show on Paramount called Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. Become the Duttons. A, yeah, become a really popular TV show about this family. Kevin Costner's like the lead role yep. of this uh, family that has a cattle ranch up in Yellowstone. Full of drama, mm-hmm. but it's a great show. If you haven't seen it, look into it and see if you'd like it. But uh, So the, early this spring, Lane and I were doing a little bit of fishing and got on a pretty good crappie bite. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we've mentioned this or not, but there's a farm... That's uh that's in our family and it borders a creek and sometimes the creek overflows into the pond and, and the last time it's happened was probably twenty five years ago, so um, from time to time we go over there and try to rip those crappie out of that bass pond. Yeah, it's a bass pond. Our grandfather stocked it full of bass back in the day, but mm-hmm. these crappie got in there from the creek and have really thrived. Like I've always known they were there, but I never paid them that much attention. So our plan for Sunday is uh, hopefully to get some of our close family. I mean, the whole family's in on the cattle side, both sides. So see if we can't get them out to the house and uh, have a big, good? have a big fish fry. Fish fry. I won't say fish bowl, but that doesn't sound Crop, right. Crappie, crappie. Yeah, bowl. we're gonna fry some fish and uh, hopefully sit down for the season three premiere of Yellowstone, which I think is gonna be good. I can't wait, man. Yeah, I need to. I really need to sit down and watch a couple of episodes to get back. Get back into it. To yeah, know exactly what's I mean, going it's on. one of those shows that's so action-packed almost every single episode, and there's so much going on that you tend to forget what happens season one, episode four, when you're about to start season three. Yeah, it's been wild for sure, and I've really, I just really like to catch those crappie this spring. That was probably some of the most fun fishing. Yeah, we've if any of y'all have never crappie fished before, if you can get on a man, it's fun because those fish. I they mean, uh, school it, up from time to time, and they're always on some type of structure, whether it be yeah, like... Yeah, if you can catch them around their spawn, I mean, if you can find where they're at, I mean, you can't you can't keep a line in the water fast enough. Yeah, I'm, al- I'm almost willing to reach out and say the crappie bite's always better when it's cold right there at the, the beginning, mid-spring. Yeah, well, you know, they, they spawn a little bit before the bass, right. so that, that bite really gets crazy. But yeah, so we're hopefully going to do that. It was a load of fun catching them. Do that Sunday. I really need to clean up around the house before everybody comes over. Yeah, I need to get a fish fryer. Yeah, we've used other people's fryers, but we I don't act, we don't have one to our name, so we really need a fish fryer anyways. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. Gonna be buying a fish fryer. And I'm, I mean, we've never even I've never used one myself, so it's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve there. Yeah, I've I've always been around the fish fry and the, kind of there, so just we'll, hanging out. We'll get it figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, going into our next subject, you know, talking about not being able to remember Yellowstone episode and stuff like that, as hard as it sounds or as uh, hard as it seems, we have trouble remembering what we did last week. Yeah, it's bad. Trying to re- we, uh, we really need to start writing it down. And uh, we've we've talked to a couple of listeners, so some of our friends and stuff, and they said, you know, I'd really love to have a visual. And we would love to have a podcast that's on YouTube maybe one day, but we're we're growing. We're growing extremely well right now, by the way. If, well, Lane, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. But we would love to have like a video version of the podcast, which I think will happen down the road mm-hmm. once we get several more episodes under our belt. 
But our Instagram, we're going to start posting more, like, videos, talking about exactly what we're doing. Like, we were scouting crops today, and I posted yep. a, a story of us just scouting, but I wasn't explaining anything. Mm-hmm. So we might so get into a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. just explaining. Like maybe not every day, but every couple of days, and that'll also help us remember what we did. Yeah, I week. know for me, I'm, like, a really big visual learner. And yeah. if you can uh, have more of that, maybe it would help some of you. Yeah. Uh, help us too. So what else we got going on? Uh, we took it. Was it? It was actually last week. The uh, we had our business partner, our cousin that farms with us. He used to be in the, uh, I guess the agriculture industry, like the industry side of it, the commercial side of it, where mm-hmm. he was working at local co-ops and dealing with chemical dealers, seed dealers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got some word from some buddies that uh, our latest and greatest herbicide, we may be losing it. Yeah. For those of y'all who don't know, um, we're talking about dicamba, and I'm going to let Force break that down a little bit. But essentially, it's an herbicide. It kills weeds for us. And uh, a lot of our seeds that we plant have technology in it to where they can survive it after you spray it on and yeah. everything around it pretty much dies. That yeah, is I'll, let's do it this way. I'll dive into like the plant side of it and the science part. If you'll dive into exactly what happened. Yeah, I don't, I don't know too much, but we'll, yeah, we'll we don't, we it. don't know a ton. There's definitely people know more about it than us, yeah. but from the farmer's point of view, what we know, this is what happened. So obviously the majority of people know what roundup is. Mm-hmm. Well, roundup is just the label, the, I'm, what am I trying to say here? It's just it's like a it's, branded it's the, it's name. The, it's the brand name. It's the brand name of a product called glyphosate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that came around a long. I think it was actually in the nineties when it first came around. I don't want to tell you wrong. But I'm pretty, can you look that up for that, me? That sounds about right. I'll look it up. But glyphosate came around in the nineties. Well, Monsanto had a patent on glyphosate, and they came out with a product called Roundup. Well, Roundup, when you deal with uh things come or weeds and stuff coming immune to this stuff building up a tolerance here recently in the past several years these companies have come up with a new product with the uh just like roundup is to glyphosate you have three products like ingenia roundup extendamax and fexapan which all had dicamba in them and basically try not to bore y'all to death it's just a synthetic auxin which is a hormone a plant hormone which basically makes a plant grow extremely fast Mm mm-hmm and the way it works is broad leaves cannot regulate the way they control their uh, the, this speci- specific hormone. Mm-hmm. So they basically grow themselves to death. Well, grasses can. So like a lot of times you would use products similar to this, which are more common, 2,4-D. You spray that and the broad leaves literally grow themselves to death. And then you're like grass or hay or whatever is fine. So if any of y'all were wondering, like you spray Roundup on your on your driveway or whatever, that's how the plant ends up dying. Well, not Roundup. Roundup's different. All right. Well, Roundup. All right. Yeah. Sorry but, about that. So when you're growing a crop of soybeans, which is a uh, broadleaf plant, and you have broadleaf weeds in there, it's very difficult to target one spot of that weed and say, "Hey, if I spray this, it's going to kill the weed but not hurt my crop." So that's where they brought in the. Uh, genetically modified soybeans to be dicamba tolerant just like they have soybeans that are roundup tolerant this is just another trait that they added in Mm -hmm. so we could spray this dicamba and it was it it still is extremely effective extremely effective Mm -hmm. but it comes with some drawbacks right uh just to fill you in 
It says uh, Monsanto developed and patented the use of glyphosate to kill weeds in the early 70s and first brought it to market in 1974. Well, I was way off. Yeah, just a little off. I mean, we weren't here, so it's all right. Yeah, way off. But uh, so what was I going to uh, One of the setbacks to it is how volatile this uh, chemi- chemical formulation is. It's v- extremely volatile. And what, what do you mean by volatile? Volatile meaning that it can go from like a liquid to a gas extremely easy so like it can evaporate or yeah exactly like temperature temperature change stuff like that mm-hmm. i just went brain dead for a second give me a second that's all right uh volatile that's the reason why it's dangerous it's volatile it's been a long day yeah. yeah i don't know where i was going with that where do you think i was going with that i think maybe the reason why it's it's becoming a problem is because it's volatile yeah yeah one of the main reasons is being volatile so, oh that's what i was gonna say so it's not dicamba is not a new chemical formulation mm-hmm. uh it's been around since the 60s okay. right but for okay so for us using it on soybeans the genetically modified where you can spray it over soybeans and it not kill your soybeans is extremely new. Right. That technology is new, but the chemical is not. Right. Right. The chemical is not new, but for us to be able to spray it on soybeans is new. And basically the new formulation, which is the new products that I just listed, Mm -hmm. it's, they change the chemical formulation just a little bit to make it less volatile. So it's safer to spray. Right. So it's not going to, when we say volatile, we, we deal a lot with drift. So we're spraying with our sprayer and that little bitty tiny water poly, liquid particles can drift and get off target and say, if mm-hmm. you're spraying close to somebody else's field, that has a different crop, different traits. You don't want to kill their, kill their crop. So you have to be careful with that. And I guess you can take it over from here. Well, about I was the just legal gonna, side of it. I was just going to interject and say, with this kind of technology, man, we need to come up with something that you can spray over a field that makes it, like, gets all the weeds to somehow block, uh, like, block water out. And then all of a sudden, boom, the only thing that can uptake water is the technology that your soybeans have, man. Then would that be nice? Well, you know, like, crops now already have, like, alleopathic effects. That way, like, they release a little bit of a toxin that tries to sterilize the ground for anything but that crop. Yeah, not sure if it works all good. Well, that t- you have tolerance issues, but where I was going with that, man, I'm today. It's been a long day, people. Yeah, it's been a long. I think day. that fencing at the end of the day. Did we even talk about that? No, we didn't. You can start talking about that. And let me figure out where I was going with that. So thought. at the end of the day, uh, we had to drive um, probably about fifty or sixty miles and go pick up some leftover soybean seed for a, a hay field. We're going to end up putting. To, I guess you would consider that semi like double crop beans, but anyway. Yeah. Came back from it, moved some stuff around, and uh, actually had a buddy down the road. Uh, he was bailing some hay and uh, got through a little wet vein in the field. Ended up having to go back and get uh, at one of our bigger tractors again and pull him out. I mean, the thing was stuck, to, sunk to the frame. But um, did that, and then Force was like, you know, we hunt and we fish and all that, so we were going to go fix a fence in a pasture that borders uh, one of our duck holes. And so we did that, the blazing sun, it was hot. Yeah, it was elective fencing. and uh, Ele- Elective fencing. Yeah, it sounded good, like, when we left work, and I was pumped up about it. And about Yeah, I said, how long are we going to be here? Because, yeah, I'm not a big, I, fencing sucks. Yeah, on this particular farm, the, uh, the family does what they consider rotational grazing, so they'll have them in one pasture, all on the same farm, and then they'll rotate them. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we let that a, other pasture recoup. And right, right. So, but one of the fences, one of the cross fences in the farm had some bad spots in it. So the cows were able to go back and forth between the pastures at mm-hmm. their own leisure. And in between some of these pastures is where we hunt. And it's just been a nightmare trying to keep them out of there. So we... They got a wild cow over there, all right? And it's pretty much jumping through fences, over fences. Don't know about under. That'd be pretty hard, but... Yeah, she's got a reward over her head right mm-hmm. now. First but, uh, one to catch her. Uh, Get her gone. Yeah, she's going she to end up as hamburger meat real soon. Okay, back to the dicamba thing. I remember where I was going with this. Mm-hmm. So it being so volatile, you have what they... Or what they call temperature inversions. Basically, when you wake up and there's a real foggy morning, basically the warmer air has come back down and swapped with the cold air, and then the surface of the earth starts to warm up, and the air basically swaps places. Well, if you spray dicama anywhere close to that, some of that chemical can actually go up with the temperature inversion, mm-hmm. and it can actually go back up into the atmosphere, and then literally. I, some people have said like s- reports of like 70 miles the herbicide traveling and landing on a crop that it wasn't supposed to be on. So you're talking about like little bitty tiny water particles going 70 miles. Yeah, it's, I think I read one time it was like um, if you want to know how volatile dicamba is or how strong and how, how it works, if you spray was like one ounce in a thousand gallon tank and you spray that on the wrong crop, it can slightly wilt yeah it it takes a good bit to actually kill the crop or notice like you may see visual damage but for it to show like yield loss it takes a larger amount so ever since this product came out there's been uh the epa was really involved in it of the release of the product they said it was safe and everything well there were a lot of reports of drift and crop damage to non-target crops a lot of it being like specialty crops and stuff like that. So here, local garden. Yeah, here locally, we've it's things have gone fairly smooth. But other states, which I'm not, I'm not even gonna say them, but there were several states that did not do a great job. And uh, actually, the those products were banned from that state like two years ago. Yeah. So to let y'all know, I mean, like. Knowing this stuff's so volatile, how we know this is that we've had to go to classes. You have to have licenses. You have to read every label. So not only do we have restricted pesticide license, we had to go to what they call dicamba training. Mm -hmm. Once a year, we would have to go to like an eight-hour, it wasn't even eight hours, but it was a class basically talking about how volatile this is, what to do, what not to do. And then when we spray, we have to go by the label. So it basically tells you what to do and if, and if everybody would have followed the label, this wouldn't have been an issue to begin with. Yeah. So tell us what happened to the, the great dicamba this past week. So this is just based on what I've read. I mean, I've, I've read a little bit about it here and there, but um, here we have an article that says an emergency motion was filed late Thursday night, June the 11th, four days ago, asking the Ninth Circuit Court to halt all dicamba use and hold the EPA in contempt of court for its decision to allow farmers to use existing stocks of three dicamba herbicides. So basically, the Ninth Circuit Court, as my understanding, it is a, 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 court, a court of appeals, um, and I'm, I can't remember how many it's court a, of appeals. It's a federal court, correct? Yeah, there's like 13 federal courts, I think, and it's the largest, it has 29. Um, yeah judges or some judge something anyway basically what happened is 
the EPA had some paperwork or some legal issues with allowing this part uh, product to go on the market. No, somebody had a problem with the EPA saying the EPA should have never allowed this to go to market. Right, but what I've after hearing that, I read further, and apparently, as long as they change some wording and and make it, um, I, I don't know if they have to restrict it more yeah. or just clarify some gray issues that is causing them to halt right now that we should be good to go, um, but it could take up to next spraying season. Um, yeah, so, so literally after that court decided that the, the EPA jumped, they basically decided the EPA jumped the gun mm-hmm. and this product should have never went to market. The next morning, we I read the article, blah, 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 and uh, it started disappearing off shelves. They yeah, started, and that, that's all we knew is that, that they had banned that it. Banned it. So right. what does that mean for us? We don't know. Yeah, so talking with some dealers and stuff, they were, you know, I'd heard that like that morning that they got calls like, hey, count how many jugs of Dicamba, whatever, whichever company you're selling, mm-hmm. count them and send them back to us right now. Like, yep. And it better be the same as what you tell me on the phone right now. Yep. And so, thankfully, we had some jugs on hand. Yeah, we, we, had, didn't. we had prepaid or uh, pre-bought some herbicide for the year. Luckily, luckily. Yeah, luckily. And uh, so it just disappeared. And we didn't know if we were still allowed to spray what we had. We just knew that they were ripping it off shelves mm-hmm. left and right. And that uh, we, I had a feeling very early on that uh, these companies, which are Corteva, BASF, and Bayer, which Monsanto actually got bought out with Bayer, yeah. by, got bought out by Bayer several years ago. So like Bayer, the one that makes your aspirin, owns a... Uh, yep. All this crop technology now, just crazy. Yeah, don't want to get off, don't want to get on my soapbox. But uh, <laughs> dang, dude, I'm I'm not on it today. It's all right, man. Pick up where I was going. You might, you might be stroking or something. What I say, the listeners are just throwing their phone out the window right now. I'm throwing my phone out the window too. Yeah, you you had a stroke a but, little um, bit ago. Talk trying to talk to me before the podcast. Listen, boys, I'm and girls. I'm having trouble formulating sentences out here in this heat. We might have to up my consumption of water or something. Pretty much what we're saying oh, is no, we no, didn't no, know no. what was time happening. Out, what I was saying was these companies have way too much money in this technology to lose it in this court. Like there's so much what it costs them to get these the herbicides to market. But mm-hmm. which is nothing compared to what getting the crops to market that are tolerant with all this science backed into it. I said there was way too much money already pumped into these products for them to let it go right here. Yeah, just let it go and be done so with I, it and I never knew, put it back. Yeah, I knew like it's it's sad to say, but a lot of these companies have a lot of political power mm-hmm. and financial power. And I I immediately knew that this isn't the last. It's not going to die right here. Right. And so as of today, as we're speaking now, as far as I know, and um, I think as far as everyone knows, you can spray what you have on hand until July 31st, which we're hoping that'll get us by. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Because you're not supposed to spray. Right. And certain states have have earlier dates that you can't spray. Yeah, but even like label wise, I think it's reproductive stage of soybeans is your cutoff mm-hmm. so you can't spray it real late into the season anyways which is fine it does an excellent job before right. then so anyway we got till july 31st to spray that and then uh hopefully they'll have something figured out by next year because it's really helped us on the weed side of things oh it's it's breakthrough what it did and it's weird uh, now that i think about it you know dad has talked about in the past i think he said this don't hold me to it but it's like all these weeds start getting resistant 
to the to this new technology of spraying and killing weeds and they get resistant and don't die to the same. So instead of upping your product, usually something new comes out or like every 20 years you can revert back to something you haven't used in 20 years and boom, that works just as, fine. As crazy as it sounds, it's a lot like medical stuff. Talking yeah. about tolerances to like antibiotics and stuff like that. You can usually... When a new, like, I don't want to talk medical because I'm definitely not <laughs> in the medical field, but when something starts getting tolerant of something, usually can go back to something you've used previously. Mm-hmm. Like to fix the same issue. Yeah, exactly. So one blood pressure medicine works for 10 years, and then it's not affecting your blood pressure regu- like regulation, and then boom, you change yeah. back to something the else. One th- the, one I thing I have, the one thing I have more trouble with anything out of this, about this dicamba issue is, like the older formulations that are way more volatile than what we spray, mm-hmm. they're not regulated like whatsoever. Like the the older herbicides that are extremely volatile, which the majority of them are used in pasture lands and stuff like that, that are extremely volatile, they're they're still on the market. And uh, that's what actually got that one state in trouble is they were using some older products, saving a little bit of money when they shouldn't have been using them. Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to add one more fact in here. They said that um, it's estimated that up to 16 million pounds of dicamba could be applied in the, in the weeks ahead. So if you know anything about um, corporations or business or whatever, I mean, this stuff's expensive, number one, but 16 million pounds of chemical is not going to be able to be put out after July 1st. And if they make a decision to halt everything now, it could be we couldn't spray any of that. I yeah, mean, and I'd, I'd also heard someone say that they had read a report, so don't take this to the bank, but they were saying that that same circuit court may be going after some other products, mm-hmm. like some other technology. That, Shutting them down. Yeah, going going to take down all of them, which uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, really. I don't know. There's a fine line between understanding what's good for the environment and surviving. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm all for the environment. And if you do it correctly, the environment will be okay and yeah, it doesn't wash off. That's the thing is if you followed the label, none of this would have ever happened. Right. But then again, there was so much to that. Like we literally had to, the wind had to be blowing more than three miles an hour, but mm-hmm. not more than 10. We had, it had to be out of a direction that we didn't have a, uh, a crop, a vulnerable crop within a certain distance. So if you had a crop to the south of you that was vulnerable, like didn't have the technology, didn't in have it, the technology garden. In it, to the south of you, you couldn't spray it with that kind of wind. It, there was a million, and we have to keep crazy records, spray records of exactly what the wind was, the temperature, the time of day, all kinds of crazy things. Yeah, we, there, we, actually have, there, to, we have to keep those records for like two years on file. Isn't there like, uh, you, you can't spray until like an hour after sunrise and you have to yeah. quit an hour before or something like that. Yeah, I think it's an hour after sunrise and an hour before sunset because that's, when, that's when your temperature inversions, mm-hmm. when the surf ground, ground earth's surface starts to cool back off. But yeah, so I'm kind of curious to see where it goes from here. Hopefully uh, we'll get good news uh, in the following days. I mean, as of now, I don't know that there's been a decision besides halting the sale of uh, dicamba yeah i don't think it'll happen real soon but i'm saying next spring it'll all be sorted out be sorted if you, out ask, if you ask me whether they have to come up with a new product or get their legal teams involved which is what i've heard they're going to do is they're coming back with a motion yeah it was uh it was just a real scary um news headline to it's, wake up it's to. scary to go up against one of those big seed companies but uh if you get all three of them tagged together coming at you uh yeah. I think they're going to get something done. Yeah. 
All right, folks, that'll be it for today. Appreciate everyone listening. You want to say something? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hopefully. I was trying to think of what we're going to be doing this upcoming week. But honestly, I don't really know. We got know. some more hay to get up. Um, we might be spreading some fertilizer on our corn, get it, or dad's Yeah, corn. we're really waiting on that uh, that rain coming next Monday or Tuesday, and I really hope it does, honestly. Mm-hmm. We, we need that it could bad. Be a, that could be a make-or-break crop right there. Yeah. But yeah, so you're going to see in a gambling gonna, game. If you're following us on Instagram at Between Two Rows Podcast, you're going to see start seeing a lot more content, a lot more videos showing what we're doing, and uh, hopefully do that. You know, before we started the podcast, we talked about starting a vlog, and you know, doing it that way, which I think would have been a great a great thing, and I think it would have taken off extremely fast. But the time that you have to invest to do that, we thought it would be better to start a podcast you know sit down and record a couple hours every week mm-hmm. and uh there's just a lot that goes into a vlog and editing plays a big role and we yeah. have the content i just don't know that we have all the time yeah that's the time is a bit and we've done a couple of youtube videos just of like harvest for one year and it's yeah, i mean it took me it took much. me all of like eight hours to edit like a five minute video yeah but we're not to get it we're not saying like this is the only content we're going to be producing you know anything could happen from here on out Mm -hmm. and uh but just stay tuned and if you really like the podcast tell your friends about it i mean we're growing we're growing so uh, reaching some people yeah and uh it's just gonna get better from here so yeah follow us on instagram over at between the two rows podcast and i'm gonna leave y'all with a quote um talking about us needing some rain it's it's by an unknown and it says man Despite his artistic pretensions, his sophistication, and his many accomplishments, owes his existence to a six-inch layer of topsoil and the fact that it rains. Thanks for listening.